Hello and welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Town, a 2000 pop punk and emo pop retrospective. I'm as always Elaine and we meet our human beings. It turns out it's me, Sybil, the beings. Welcome back! I mean, no, like... We took the summer off. Yeah, it's gonna be different for people listening to it because there's like three episodes that I still have to edit and they're gonna go online, but... Uh, we took a bit of a break because it was a summer and then it was September and I was starting to go to sleep very early. So what you're saying is we had to wake you up when September ends? I'm gonna leave now. This is the end of the podcast. Thanks for for listening to us. You can find (laughs) our website. (laughs) It is legitimately the first day of October we could be recording. So what a day to return. (laughs) <laughs> I'm also awake at 1am, which I usually are not lately, so that's gonna be interesting. So today we are talking about the All-American Rejects, which are a band that exists. I kept screwing up their name and writing American Leftovers in my notes. <laughs> uh, yeah. Going, there's some joke going in my head, which I never really fully realized about like them being the all American war criminals and just being the Bush administration. But you know, you mean the Activision upper management? <laughs> that is also good. No, they literally hired a lot of ex Bush administration people. No, yeah, I know, I know, I know. Okay. It's uh, video games is fact. <laughs> yeah, video games is so fact. Um. Ask me about looking through all the Steam demos last night and finding out just how fucked. Uh, yeah, we're talking about the All-American Rejects, which are a band. I think the most notable things about them is that they were in an episode of Smallville. Like, they were big, they were pop big, and no one remembers them anymore, for a reason. They are extremely bland. Oh, season six. Oh, no. Okay. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Wait, did you you didn't see all of Smallville? I came back for the final seasons because I was told how completely insane they were. Oh yeah, so, I mean Smallville is like great and insane and what the fuck and great from start to finish. Um, I would have figured that would have fit your taste of of uh, of media. Uh, Smallville was before the CW started realizing that. Maybe we don't have to be ashamed of the fact that this is a superhero show. Oh, that was the fun thing. Remember, Brandon Ruth refused to wear the costume up to the point where the final episode has it CG'd onto him. Uh, it wasn't Brandon Ruth, the actor. It was the other guy, which I don't remember the name of. Oh, right. Brandon Ruth was the other. Brandon Ruth actually has charisma, unlike the person who plays Superman in Smallville. <laughs> Yeah, who was who was Smallville Superman? 
Uh, I think it's like a Trump supporter now and shit. Tom Welling. Okay, um, I don't know if he is. I know he showed up in some of the recent TV stuff, and he actually wore the suit this time. Yeah, he was in, like, the... Crisis. On, yeah, Crisis thing. Welcome to Gotta Get Out of This Multiverse, a Yarrowverse and other DC TV properties podcast. Anyway, speaking of things we've rejected, the All-American Rejects. Yeah, I... So... Before this podcast, like, I vaguely knew them because they were a pop thing, but never quite delved into them. I do like their one song, which is Give You Hell. I think that's a really catchy song, and it's, like, really, like, neat and, like, actually sort of well-written. And, um, it's, like, that song will be released, like, Five years from now, we're in 2002 currently still. Oh, so that's going to be straight up the one album that they were doing when they were on Smallville. Probably. Um, And my issue with that is that song sounds exactly like this record. And just like catchier. And like this tells me everything about this band. They haven't changed an inch in five years. And uh, I'm immediately less interested in them. (laughs) Because it's like... I cannot see any significant evolution aside from the fact that that specific song had a catchy tune, but yeah, this record just, it's not a bad record. I would classify it as like a 2.5 out of 5 or a 2 out of 5 record. It's an okay pop record, but it immediately puts me in the mindset that I I'm not looking forward talking about this guy for eight records of how or how many records they have uh, in their discography. Also, I looked up to see if they were still around, and I ended. Oh, up Oh no, on the main M- guy is an actor now. I ended up on the MTV News tag for the All American Rejects, and the last thing that they're mentioned in, which is not, these are songs that came out ten years ago. All American Rejects won't let the slow build of their new album get them down. Buy it, steal it, I don't care, frontman Jason Ritter says. How long ago was that? 2012. Yeah, no, the main guy now, like, is uh, an actor, which makes sense. He's very, like, he's very pretty. He's a very, very handsome human being. And uh, I'm pretty sure, like, he's, like, least 50% of why the band was popular at some point. Let me just scratch out the part where I describe him as looking like an alien. Oh, no! Why? Uh, my note on the Time Stand Still video. These dudes are the 2000s version of the Wallflowers down to the alien-faced singer. (laughs) Okay, well, agree to disagree. Maybe he got more handsome over time. I I think in the videos for this record he looks pretty good, but, you know, that's just me. He got kind of a the same mashed potato face that uh, Benedict Cumberbatch has. Oh, I would have said Cillian Murphy. Okay, okay, except Cillian Murphy got it by getting punched in the face. I don't know about this guy. <laughs> that is fair. <sighs> Shall we talk about how this dudes came to be? It's not a long history. Well, first, let's cover the obligatory. Oh, yeah, there's a small one of those.
These guys are so edgy, they kicked a can once at the Warp Tour, and somebody got hit in the head by it, and they were sued. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's it. <laughs> also, they were in Smallville. Uh, I don't know. Maybe that's a cancelable offense by now. <laughs> I... I feel like there's a non-zero chance given the sex cult that spawned out of Smallville. <laughs> oh, God. Yeah, Nexium. It, it recruited half the women on Smallville, or tried. That makes sense. Thanks for reminding me of that. Yeah, uh, one of them's going to jail over it. Mm-hmm. Like, Smallville is such a, like, a great, like, silly thing that happens somehow. It's, like, sort of the Kingdom Hearts of TV series. And then you remember that, and you get sad. Well, see, the real Kingdom Hearts of TV series is Legends of Tomorrow, which got way wilder with it. I mean, Legend of Tomorrow is actually good, though. Yeah, I know. Uh, actually intentionally good, which I don't know if it applies. If I told you a psychic ape went back in time to try and kill a president, and I didn't give you any more detail than that, that could be a Kingdom Hearts plot. <laughs> so how long did it take after our long break before we started talking about Kingdom Hearts? <laughs> According to this, 15 minutes. Yeah. I'm glad we're back in form. Uh, but yeah, let's talk about the history of these dudes. That's not a lot. Where the notes begin with the phrase, just to get back in form. <laughs> yeah, this one is extremely boring. So it's one of those, we were a high school band kind of stories. They're from Oklahoma, which I'm not sure if it's an actual real place every time I hear about it. Um, I have relatives there. It does exist. I've been to a wedding. Okay, cool. Are you sure there wasn't just like, you know, you were somewhere else and they told you that it was Oklahoma? I was asleep for part of the road trip, so maybe. Mm, fair, fair. Uh, but yeah. They initially record the self-titled demo. They sort of shop around. All American Rejects fan, which are apparently a thing, called that record or that demo the Blue Album because it was self-titled and this record is self-titled, so you have to differentiate them. That's just funny for me because that's a wizard connection there. And the guy sort of sounds like River Cuomo sometimes when he sings. Uh, and a lot of the music it is that sort of like inoffensive pop rock from the Green Album. So it, it, it was just funny to me that they called that the Blue Album, you know. But nothing think. on this is as edgy as Hashpipe, which I know what I just said. It, it's Wither without the personality. Like, Wither at least had the, like, dorky white dudes going thing thing going for them, right? And this is just, what if Wither, but without that? What if Wither, but every song is, like, a very generic breakup song? How much of Weezer was actual personality, and how much was just Spike Jones did some of our videos? <laughs> That's a real thing I ask myself these days. 
That is a good point. <laughs> if you look at Van Weezer, you'll know there's no personality there. I have not listened to Van Weezer yet. Um, I don't... I have. I can't wait to do that so we can make fun of it. <laughs> I have started diving into more things of that nature because of a new giant bomb show called Albummer. Oh, what is that? It is the members of Metal Comedy Troupe Two Minutes to Midnight just taking on one critically derided or failed album every week. And they've gone all over the place from Van Weezer to Danzig Sings Elvis to a recent Green Day debacle that I didn't know existed. See, though, that's easy. If you already take the ones that are famously bad, that's easy. What we do is hard, where we have to listen things like all American Rejects, which are extremely mediocre, just to find some gems. They've they've picked some interesting ones in there, because they're not doing just low-hanging fruit. They seem to be alternating. That is fair. But, uh, yeah, eventually the band, with the help of an intern that appreciated their music, I guess, get a contract with an independent label, Doghouse Records. And, you know, their debut LP happens, which is this thing. So, in the wake of that LP, Jesse Tabish, their lead guitar player, leaves around the time all that settles, and thus the only two credited members by the time this record, The All-American Rejects, comes about, are Tyson Ritter on vocals, bass, and looking pretty, and Nick Wheeler on guitars, drums, keyboards, and programming. Uh, but yeah, it, the stuff happens. In October, the band goes on tour with CKY. Uh, then they release the record, and it was promoted with like a bunch of release shows, some acoustic performances. Uh, the band goes on tour with Motion City Soundtrack, which is actually a band that I like, and uh, North Star, which I'm not familiar with. And uh, yeah, the album basically attracts the attention of DreamWorks Record, who's like, you guys have potential. We're gonna re-release your record. And uh, yeah, in 2003, the record gets released again and gets big commercial success. Big money. Big money All-American Reject. This is also one of the final things that would be put under the DreamWorks label. Huh, interesting. They went defunct 15 years ago. Uh, have you seen the, the scrapped video for Swing Swing? I kept meaning to look at it, but did not, so let me take a click at that. Yeah, there was an initial video that was recorded under Doghouse Record, but it was scrapped as the band readied for their DreamWorks re-release. The, so this is there, there's sort of a mystery here happening, because according to most sources that I could find, which are not many, turns out there's not many hot inside all American rejects information, but according every source that I can find, the DreamWorks video for Swing Swing was recorded in December 2002, late 2002, and at that time, the band was definitely still a duo, but four people in the band are in the video. <laughs> in 2003, like mid-2003, Mike Kennerty and Chris Gaynor joined the band, both at, like, drums and something else. I don't remember, probably another guitarist. So here's the thing. Either the date on when the record is recorded, like, the recorded date on when the, rec on the video was recorded is wrong, and they recorded it after Kennerty and Gaylord joined the band, 
or the date on when the additional member joined is wrong and they joined before they recorded the video? Or there are two ghosts in that video? I don't know. There are two ghosts in one of the other videos, so... That's fair. But all of the data points at the fact that when this, rec when this video was recorded, the band was just two people. But there are four people in the video. I don't know what happened. I spent about two hours trying to figure this out and I couldn't, so... Huh. Yeah. <laughs> this is the kind of shit that I focus on when I do research. And That's okay. It's... <laughs> You're doing actual research trying to figure out, wait, these timelines don't line up. That's good. You did good. This is where my brain goes. Instead of trying to make any kind of meaningful music critique, I just look at the video and I think, why there are four of you there? <laughs> oh, I'm not here for the music critique. I'm here because I write notes on some of these tracks like, I'm not alone in here with you, you're alone in here with me. Yeah, Swing Swing is the first single and it's massively successful. It's like 30 on the Billboard Pop Top 40, charts on the Hot Track, whatever charts. It's basically a big pop success. The other two singles are The Last Song and Time Stands Still, which only get some decent alternative play, but on the back of the first single, the record just shoots up to 30 on the Billboard record chart. And it's a big mainstream success. We mentioned it reaching platinum and shit. That's big. Yeah, you don't see a lot of that anymore. Yeah. Um, I will ask you a question, and I have my answer. Do you consider this pop punk? I think this is a little more alt-rock emo. Yeah, this is very power pop to me. It's too sanitized to be pop punk musically. And some of the tracks are too weird to be standard pop punk. The production especially, like, it's a Christmas record sometimes. <laughs> There's a lot of bells, chimes, and, uh, yeah, church organ on a few tracks. The instrumentation is all over the place. Yeah, on the other hand, a lot of the drum machine use, I feel, is very ahead of its time in terms of pop punk. Like, we will hear that, like, five years from now, like, an actual pop punk starting to be a thing. And and they were doing it in 2002, so I don't think it works, but I think it's definitely, like, ahead of its time. This is a real neat album to examine even if I don't think it's one of my favorite things we've done. Oh no, I think it's a very mediocre album. There is one track on it. I, You know, if you ask me, do you like any track on this? I can only sincerely say yes on one track, and the rest of it is just like, ugh. Mm -hmm. Very, very mediocre, but it has some neat stuff. So we can start getting into it with uh, My Paper Heart. Please just don't play with
You get a paper heart in Paper Mario, you heal life, I think. I've never played a Paper Mario. Oh, I've only played the N64 one. It's a neat game. It's fun. Well, good news. Now you can pay more to play it on the Switch again soon. I can emulate it like a normal person. <laughs> I don't think we could ever say emulation is the normie route. I don't know. Emulate games. Don't fucking give money to corporations for things they... You know, that none of the people who worked out will ever see the money off that you're spending right now. Gonna just quietly kick the Castlevania Advance Collection under my desk. <laughs> Nobody works at Konami anymore anyway. Let's not even yeah. pretend. And I say that as a Bimani fan. I mean, emulation is praxis, so yeah. Um. <laughs> Thanks. Now you're just making me think of someone sending me a message at work that said the judge didn't accept drunk driving as praxis. <laughs> was my work week <laughs> but yeah i like the cheesy intro where they sort of mute all of the sound before like actually like going full song i always like this shit uh except that then when it goes into full production mode you get you start the record with christmas ch bell chimes for some reason and i am sorry i will never take a song with christmas bell chimes seriously <laughs> Uh, chimes and light emo, uh, an inoffensive and poppy track. It drags, though. This is not one of the longest songs on the album, but it feels like it for how very repetitive it is. Yeah, this is like a very soft boy emo, too. It's like very... I don't want to say whiny, because I think whiny is the point of emo, and whiny is fine. It's very... <laughs> I don't know... Teenage music should be whiny. You're in that phase. Yeah. You should eventually get to the point where you start hearing it and going, oh, ew, though. No, I, I don't think so. I think whiny can be fine sometimes. I'm just trying to find a word to describe why I found this very soft boy in a not good way. Could it be lines like, the leaves fall down and so do I into the arms of a friend? Yeah. This wait for destiny won't do. Be with me, please. I beseech you. Yeah. I am trying to say this without reinforcing toxic masculinity, but, like, straight guys shouldn't say those things. Like, if, like, you know, if, like, a, like, a trans lesbian say that, say, said that line, I think that would be completely fine. If, like, a straight guy says that, it's like, uh, probably gonna send me a dick pic at some point, un unrequested. No, the, the end picks up a bit and they start playing around, but... There's about a minute where it's just repeating the chorus over and over, and there's no new intonation and nothing new musically, and it's like the tape stuck. Also, the guy sort of sounds like River Cuomo, which I'm going to mention again, especially on this song. Especially when he goes with the weird pronunciation thing, it's like, oh, this is the wizard guy. We'll get weezer -ier. Um, yeah, I don't, again, I don't have a lot to say on most of these tracks. This is a pop rock song this sort of fine i think that like again lyrically like the themes are fine i just find it very cheesily expressed in a way that uh it's not great how about we shift on to your star
Yeah, we got piano at the beginning of this one. Gonna gonna start with some Elton John. I thought it sounded more like a Clash B-side. Hmm, I could see that. But with piano. We go from piano to synth, which is good. Uh, I would like you to listen to all of the times that synths happen in this record. I think they just play the same tune every time that they are on this record. I think they have one synth line, and it goes throughout the record. I did describe this one as a chiptune-ass backing synth. It's very Motion City soundtrack, except that Motion City soundtrack had, like, at least two synths line that they used, and they just used one. Uh, so, this is the last... No, wait, I'm looking over the lyrics. Never mind. I was going to say this is the last non-breakup song on the album at track two, but it's like, no, this is also a breakup song. No, everything is a breakup song here. It took me a while to catch on to that. Yeah, this is the wooden Ikura of pop punk. Yeah, but... <laughs> I, 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 you're almost dying there. <laughs> I, I feel like I almost killed you there. Well, I just immediately remembered who she was with at that time, and it's like, Okay, but that guy was so much more creative and weird in one bone of his body than this entire band currently is. I mean, also, Nikura is like a good record. It's like a really yes. fucking good record. <laughs> like, what What would the All-American Rejects do with the Cremester cycle? <laughs> I don't know. Put some chimes on it? I, oh, God. I just imagined, like, and these guys aren't frat broy, so I'm just saying this because it's the easiest way to do it. What what is the keep calm and chive on version of an art film? That's what would come out of this. <laughs> these guys are the opposite of frat. Well, not the. They're kind of the opposite of frat boy. They don't have an edge. Yeah, I would. I was going to say these guys are nice guys, but they don't have enough edge to be like you know nice guy shit. They're Urkels. They're very, I'm wearing her down territory. <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> Maybe. Um, yeah, this is very bland. Like, it's fine. They are sort of like low average breakup lyrics delivered with catchy yet entirely forgettable mid-tempo pop melodies. And this description applies to Every song on the record, every song on the record is a breakup song. Every song on the record has some level of catchiness. Every song on the record is entirely forgettable. And every song of the record is a mid-tempo pop tune. Um, they are very consistent, I feel. And I get why they were successful, because it's catchy. I don't, I'm not saying that it's not catchy, but I also get why... I don't think anyone remembers them <laughs> anymore because it's the kind of catchy that just enters in one year and goes out of the other. It doesn't stay. Yeah, a day later, I'm not going to be able to hum you any of these tracks. I will remember Swing Swing, but yeah. Swing Swing is the catchiest song on the record. I don't think it's the best song in the record, but I think it's the catchiest. I don't know. Let's talk about Swing Swing. We're right here.
Yeah, it's good. Um, you probably heard this song, and you probably don't remember hearing it, but if you hear it again, you're like, oh, I remember this song, because that's my experience. I did not remember this one. Oh, okay. Yeah, nothing on the... I think I remembered the name at most, but I couldn't put a tune to it, and listening to this did not ring any bells. Oh, okay. I, I definitely did not remember remembering this song, but when I heard this song, I remembered remembering this song. Hmm. I did like the YouTube comment on their channel having the top comment, I pray any TikToker does not discover this classic song and make it into a meme. Why? Why would you not like people rediscovering something that you enjoy, therefore sharing it with more people? Because that person is 40 now and depressed and thinks the children are mocking them at every turn. And they probably are. That is a good answer. Okay, I, I I'll accept that. Um, I don't know. This is a solid pop tune. It's probably the strongest, more rememberable pop tune. And I do have a weakness for the little falsetto bit in singing. Like I do like "Okay Go." They do that a lot. I don't know how to pronounce this because I don't remember this bit. But I also note down that when the guy says "cry," he fully sounds like River Cuomo. Did you think that I would cry? Yeah. That's how he delivers it. Mm-hmm, yeah. The video for it has, like, two people breaking up. The video is a teenage 500 days of summer. I guess. Again, it's an edgeless 500 days of summer. And that's something that I said. I did actually write... If this band had any more edge, Swing Swing is the title to a very dark breakup song, but this feels like 12-year-olds are mad that a girl didn't go to the dance. Oh, this is, yeah, this is definitely very, like, early teen kind of music, kind of vibe as a whole. Like, it's very sanitized, it's very, like, catchy and nice. Like, I could see, like, someone who's 13 or 14 being really into this record as, like, the first rock record that they hear, right? Which has enough of that edge in that it has guitars to be, like, fascinating, but also, like, it's completely sanitized, so it's fine for them to listen to it. And nothing in this video is more... You don't get the sense that this was ever much of a relationship. Occasionally, the guy and the girl will just make angry faces at each other and then walk away. But in the end, like, she just takes off the sweatshirt that he gave her and just gives it back and walks away kindly. It's like, that wasn't really a dumping so much as someone just going, yo, I'm not into you. Yeah, someone give, giving you back a sweatshirt so you can return it to the shop and get your money back. Um, <laughs> I don't know, buy a wrestling t-shirt or something with that. Okay, so in terms of Considering this band with the catchiness and the sanitizing and uh, being very team-friendly, my brain goes, do we like this more than Simple Plan? Hmm. And I don't have an answer to that. I don't either. This is weirder than Simple Plan. Yeah, this goes all over the place. And I think it's... It's overproduced but it's better crafted than simple plan this track starts out with church organ for some reason there's a lot of different play with instrumentation and some of it's probably 
one of us has a synth and we can do all sorts of things with that, but it's still way more experimentation than 99% of what we do on this show. But on the other hand, Simple Plan is the one song about fucking an alien? Which is more memorably weird. Which is more memorable than this entire record. <laughs> yeah. I will never forget a simple plan as a song about fucking an alien. <laughs> and I think that's great. Uh, I will probably forget everything on this record. <laughs> I think our tiebreaker on this question is going to have to come down to what do both bands do next? Mm, that's fair. That's fair. Look. <laughs> 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 okay. Give me a space opera concept album, Simple Plan, I beg you. <laughs> Speaking of space concept albums, I was incredibly upset that Time Stand Still was not a Rush cover. Let's talk about track four. Uh, I will quickly mention my last note on this, which uh, I mentioned that in the video, the singer sports a very Sam from Supernatural haircut. Uh, but we can move to Time Stand Still. I just had to put in my Supernatural reference here. Sam is Walker, Texas Ranger now. Really? Yeah, and it's apparently in season two. I didn't know that. They a reboot? They did. A... Yeah, they did a reboot. He's currently playing Walker. I I don't know a single person who's watching it, but it's apparently up to two seasons. <laughs> Maybe the teens. Okay, this is like that time where I discovered there was like a MacGyver revi- reboot revival thing, and it's apparently in like seven season or whatever. Yeah, I think it's still on. God. <sighs> That's CBS, though. CBS is aiming exclusively at the olds. Okay. Um, I'm old. No, you're not. I'm, <laughs> I'm older than you. What does that make me? I'm, like, old inside. <laughs> okay. That's the most goth thing you've said in ep- many episodes. <laughs> I'm old inside, ma'am. <laughs> But I don't say it as a positive thing. <laughs> like a gut way of saying it would be like, as a, as a good thing. I got smoker's spleen. Uh, <laughs> the day I knew you would leave, I can barely breathe. Can you? Yeah, time stands still. Um, it starts like a ballad, but they don't even have the edge to have a ballad on this record. Everything is mid-tempo, so it starts ballady and then it goes again into the mid-tempo mode of shit. Um, this one has a decently catchy chorus and some weird acoustic guitar going on. The most interesting video on the album because it's trying to convey the metaphor of time standing still, except it's talking about a woman who is being broken up with and is just kind of, like, in shock. But there's no women in the video. 
So instead, what we're showing is the lead singer keeps having this stuttering, my animation rig is broken, shadow clone follow him around until it splits off and steals his truck. Yeah. It's, um, it's a weird video. What is also weird is that the guitar sounds like someone at a party trying to play Wonderwall. This is where I said they were the wallflowers for the 2000s, so yeah, that tracks. <laughs> yeah, all of the instrumentation on this song, I hate it. Again, they try a lot of things, and on this song they try being literally every late 90s pop act ever. Like, sort of like alternative rock slash pop that got popular and became pop. Uh, again, there are some really programmatic, like synth loops on this, which sort of, again, sort of a bit ahead of their time in terms of rock and in terms of pop-punk. And uh, I'll, I'll take or leave this song. Mm. And then they get meta, because the next one is called One More Sad Song. I guess they don't get meta because there's many more sad songs in this record, but this is one more. Well, this is just one more. Hearts, their world time goes by secrets rise. One more sad song, tears shed. She's gone, she take it back. If she only could and all the perfect words they seem so wrong. She's gone. You wish that you could learn to see the doors closed and you It starts out real loud. It I had to adjust my volume after the last one because it starts out really loud with a thrashing guitar, but it doesn't really do anything with that energy. I, I like the song. I don't think it's great, but this is the more punk song on the record. This is like, again, as you say, it starts very aggressive. It's more straightforwardly punk. The chorus is not as good as Swing Swing, but it has, you know, when you have that energy to support it, I can appreciate it more. Uh, there's some decent drumming on the record, on the song specifically. I think they don't use the um, drum machine much, and it's actual drumming. And it's very serviceable, especially for being by someone who's not principally a drummer. Yeah, this is my favorite song on the record. It has the little falsetto thing that I also love. Um, yeah, decent song. It's fun. It's a fun punk song. Well... It's almost, it's a fun, almost punk song. Yeah, this is the one that stands out as being the punk track. Uh, now we're going to start getting real weird from here, but I I thought of this as this is what happens when you leave out your American pie. You get American leftovers like this track. It's aggressive in a weird sort of way that has no spine. Alone with you, alone with me, what can I do? I cannot breathe. My heart is torn for all to see. Alone with you, alone with me. But then we talk about, hey, it turns out I've been cheated on, and that's why I got dumped. It's like, whoa, why wasn't that anywhere in the chorus and you were just sitting here, like, clinging to them? That's very bizarre. 
also, uh, well, yes. Again, I, I have not really looked in depth at the lyrics, but I'm glad you did because yeah, they all seemed a bit bland. Uh, on this song, I guess the, one of the reasons why maybe I like it, this sounds like a Blink song, I'm realizing. Like, especially at the beginning when he sings. This could be a later era Blink track. He's almost trying to do a Mark Hoppus impression. Like with the... With the not a Mark Hoppus impression. He's trying to do a Tom DeLonge impression almost. With like the sort of deep voice with the weird pronunciation. This almost sounds like a good Blink song in a way. Yeah, I, I I don't know. I like this song. It's um, it ha it's a good mix. I, I actually sort of like the singing. I like the alternation of the weird Tom DeLonge pronunciation and then the falsetto stuff. It's fun. It's not bad. This is probably top three on the album for me. The fact that this is my favorite song on the album should be more reflective of what I think of the album as a whole, <laughs> of what I think of the rest of the songs in this, than of the quality of the song. Well, why worry? Yeah, that's the next song. It feels like the yang to the last track's yin because it's a bootleg Americana twang. And there's some guitar noodling here, but now it's, well, I remember what she did, but she won't let me get away. I gotta be free. I gotta be free. This is so generic, this song, just musically. I... Cannot find much to say about it. It's sort of trying to be an anthemic ballad, and it just makes me zone out a bunch. The only notable thing that I could say about it is that the pre-chorus is sort of cute. The pre-chorus has it's a all of the song is very sort of melodic, almost in a saccharine way. It has this very prevalent vocal melody going on on it. On it. And the pre-chorus, which is just like ten seconds or so. It's actually very rhythmic and has very, you know, heavier guitars on it. Not very heavy guitars, but heavier guitars on it. And that is a cool contrast. I think that is good songwriting, but everything else in the song is so fucking generic, I don't care. This is where everything being a breakup song clicked for me. And uh, I have a horrible, horrible thing that I must suggest to you. Mm-hmm. Are the All-American Rejects the straight guy Taylor Swift? Oh. Yes. Okay. Yes. We just need to get a lady to cover their songs, and then we could finally see them as art. I think... Again, my theory here is that them being sort of boy bandish, maybe a lot of their audience was, was girls anyway, but, you know. It could be. Yeah. Uh, I don't have much to say about this song. It has a neat pre-chorus, it's very generic, and it's a breakup song. Surprise! I really don't know what the goal was with this track, because this is the drum machine track, 
Well, every track is the drum machine track. Well, this one starts with a drum machine solo for the Oh, intro. are we talking about Not Leave Me? Sorry, I thought we were still on the last track. Yeah. You're sweet just like the sun, but what happens when the sun doesn't stay? The night reminds me of when you went away. I don't care, I don't care. The mind is pacing, art is racing, contemplating things that I like. Even though you left me by myself, do I want you back? Don't leave me starts with a techno drum. <laughs> yeah. Wildly out of place. It's like, oh, is that the one song by the Bloodhound Gang? No, it's all American rejects. Okay. Alright. I'm gonna I'm gonna walk you through something. You are a They Might Be Giants fan, you've said. Mm-hmm. I do like They Might Be Giants. Are you familiar with a track off of Flood called Man It's So Loud in Here? Yes. This is that song, but not as a joke. Also, are you sure that Manic Solout in here is from Flood? Isn't that from the um, from the record with the whale on the cover? Oh, you're right. It's Mink Car, which I don't. Oh, think is it, the whale so I w- no, I was also wrong. But I we did. both screwed up, but we yeah. have it corrected. So no <laughs> tweets, thanks. No, please tweet at us. We're lonely. I'm very lonely. Um, tweet okay, us. well, you can tweet at us about it, but not about that. Oh, you can tweet me about that. Fine, we can talk, we can discuss some They Might Be Giants. Um, yes, but I know what you mean. That song is supposed to create the impression of like a, uh, you know, a clap, and uh, they use this kind of drums on it. Yeah, the, I will always giggle when I hear, They fixed up the corner store like it was a nightclub. Everyone's excited and confused. <laughs> That's the vibe this song gave me. <laughs> they fixed the pop punk band like it was a nightclub. Everyone is, yeah, not particularly excited and definitely confused. It's really weird because it leans in so hard. I don't know what they were doing with this track. I don't think any of them knew what they were doing with this record. Also, by this point, it kind of makes it sound like all of the last few tracks have been one breakup, because it's like, you cheated on me, leave me once, leave me twice, kiss me goodbye, that will suffice, but just give me one more chance to make it once again. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, is this the same relationship going on and off again? Is that your theory? It would explain it based on how many times they have been left now. As the days go by, I'm asking, why did you leave? Well, it's probably because she was cheating on you two tracks ago, and one track ago. Uh, by the way, I tried to search who the uh, the producer is, which is Tim O'Hare, but I don't really recognize anything on his discography, so... Uh. Yeah, now we're too far gone. Feeling are normal now. 
heavy sigh at the song starting with an acoustic guitar and synthy strings. It's like, oh, this is the dramatic slow song that sort of wants to be a movie soundtrack. The songs remind me of when, like, Scraps had those, like, emotional episodes that really tried hard to, like, be, oh, we're sad now. And they would play music like this. This is absolutely the track that would be at the end of a Scrubs episode over a montage of how it's terrible that this week JD's dog died and the ghost is haunting the hospital. Or whatever. <laughs> I want to see that episode. <laughs> I'm only barely exaggerating and you know it. Yeah, I know. <laughs> I know. Um, yeah. This is, a, this is the slow dramatic song. I, yeah. Do you know this song? Like, even if you don't know this song, you know this song. Teach me heartache, stop this burning now. Wishful thinking, patient shrinking, bliss is far away. North is calling, now I'm falling, at your feet please stay. It's a... Uh, it's a pervy wife guy track. <laughs> a what? <laughs> it's a pervy wife guy track. I want to be down here at your feet, mistress. Shit. <laughs> Oh yeah, it's, um, it's a Resident Evil Tall Lady track. Hey, hey, don't talk mess about Resident Evil and or Tall Ladies, because I am all about that series. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, the Resident Evil series or the Tall Ladies series? Both. Plus, okay, the cool. ultimate wife guy in Resident Evil is still going to be Paul W.S. Anderson. <laughs> I mean... That dude got six movies out of I want my wife to shoot things. To be fair, that's valid. <laughs> that rules. That yeah. is the ultimate <laughs> wife guy power move. <laughs> he got to use someone else's license to make fan fiction about his wife being the best <laughs> badass in the world. And he did Monster Hunter, too. With her, still. Mm -hmm. Capcom <laughs> loves that dude wife guying it up. We're going to get a Devil May Cry adaptation, and she's going to be Trish, and she's going to become the hero. No, 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 no. No, Sybil, you got this wrong. She's going to be Dante. <laughs> I'd watch that. Do you know how much I would watch a Mila Jovovich Dante Devil May Cry movie? <laughs> no, that sounds awesome. Yeah. Does that mean that the whole of Capcom is a wife guy? I mean, some executive must be. Hmm. Or... Or there's some weird franchise cuckold over at Capcom who's like, yeah, don't use our characters. Put your original one in. Yeah. <laughs> franchise cuckold is the worst thing I'm going to say on this episode. talk about drive away because i forgot to take notes for this song okay so first off uh, billy eilish is a disney star what i got ads for her having some exclusive concert on their network for this is she grimdark hannah montana i don't know anything about her except you and a few others have told me i'd like her music 
I think she might have been cancelled recently. I don't know. Okay, well, she's on a Disney platform, so she can't be that cancelled. I have not... Well, you sure? I mean... Yeah, Chris know. Pratt, you're right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I love that I didn't have to finish, even finish the word for you to to, to get it. That, that, that's oh, yeah, no. True. That's true podcast synergy here. This is why we need an Adam to break up our horrible mind meld. <laughs> Two trans women is called a Discord server. <laughs> we are both too online and too aware of the awful things in the universe. And I don't think either of us is that fond of Disney, despite being Kingdom Hearts fans. Yeah! I mean, the, the fun thing about Kingdom Hearts is that it exists despite Disney. Yep. I... I don't think anyone at Disney was planning for Kingdom Hearts to become the weird Nomura fanfiction about his, like, cat characters from uh, Final Fantasy Versus. Yeah, you know what happens if you don't have a franchise cuckold running something? You get to Kingdom Hearts 3 where they're like, no, this has to happen our way. Ha. <laughs> <sighs> But yeah, Drive Away, I didn't take notes for this song. I think it has some neat guitar rhythm, which makes it a bit more rock-oriented than a lot of the other stuff in here. But aside from that, it's like, yeah, whatever. This is one of the shortest tracks, and it almost feels like a first draft to me. It kept losing my attention partway through. So I was just looking at the album cover with that makeshift go-kart and thinking of a buddy of mine who bought one of those bare-bones death trap kits as a kid. Because <laughs> you could you could actually buy these. You could buy these little flat, one-cushion, one-wheel, one-pedal go-karts. Oh, that sounds like a bad idea. Yeah, look at that image of the cover and then go, imagine driving that. Yeah, no. No. You want to know what's even funnier? That guy would eventually go on to buy a one-man gyrocopter kit from that same company. I don't think he flew it. He could not get it to assemble right, but he bought it solely for the purpose of wanting to quietly, stealthily take off at night over their neighborhood and just drop eggs on a guy's house. I mean, it's important to have goals in life, to be fair. He never did listen to us on, I feel like there's a lot of problems with this, Mark. Like, what is going to happen when a bunch of things thump down on his roof and he comes outside and sees the one flying dirigible outside that goes to your house? <laughs> yeah, that is a good point. Um, can we move to happy endings? Because I... Uh... Yeah, let's do it. with Christmas bells. It does! I don't know what the fuck is happening in this record. Why does this song start with Christmas bells? This really sounds like somebody bought a synthesizer and was just playing with every different patch they could. Which, to be honest, makes this entertaining and um, 
Again, I will give something to this record, it's like a clean 40 minutes for like 10 or 11 tracks, which, yeah, that is how much records should last. This doesn't drag, I feel, as a record, it's like, it goes by pretty, pretty smoothly, so, you know. But the addition of all of the weird sound they try, and none of them works in the context of the track, but they are there, makes all of this record a lot more enjoyable to go through for someone who needs to talk about it, because I get to say that this one has Christmas bells in it. Happy Endings is the boss song of this album, because it's the longest track, and it tests you on all the other track's gimmicks. Bells, <laughs> discordant strumming, the drum machine segment, all the different synth patches in the background, everything. This is an enormed, overproduced mess. Yes. Uh, and it also includes the line, don't make me count to three again, which just sounds like a threat. It Please does. Don't threat. Please don't threaten me, all American rejects guy. <laughs> I, have, I have two notes bracketing this whole segment. I bet this won't be happy. Hey, church bells. And then at the end, that wasn't happy at all and kind of shitty, actually. Because, yeah, I also thought the don't make me count to three again, especially after the one who loves me so. Yeah, that's some straight up some gaslighting shit. It is the most creepy the lyrics get on this album. And yet it's on a track called Happy Endings where everyone's just going, hey, why don't you just do this again? Leave me, walk away, come back, leave me, walk away, come back. Don't make me get out the gun. It, <laughs> nothing on this tone works. <laughs> uh, I have the suspicion that these dudes are not great songwriters. <laughs> Definitely not. But this if you only listen to one track off this album make it one more sad song. If you only listen to two tracks off this album, listen to Happy Endings and ask yourself what genre would you call this? <laughs> um, Christmas music? <laughs> it's bonkers. It's a, it's a mess. It's a mess of a track. I love it. Well, I don't love it, but you know what I mean. <laughs> no, I get it, but this is at least a lot of meat to chew on for discussion because a whole lot is happening here. Lyrically, sonically, instrumentally, and just every little bit about it is... There's a, there's a voice filter when they do the don't make me count to three again counting thing. He, yeah. he has like a voice filter on. It's great. They, they are using everything on their, on their soundboard on this one. <laughs> I'm just thinking of that joke from The Simpsons where it's Mr. Burns sitting next to Kearney at Lollapalooza. And Mr. Burns is just like, ah, yes, these seats are for only the brightest rich men or the rubes. And Kearney just goes, oh, man, he's speaking through his guitar because of the wah-wah pedal. That's what I'm thinking of. <clears throat> yeah, this track is wild. I, you know, listen to this. Go listen to this song. This has everything. I can't wait to hear what you select as a preview for this, as the <laughs> intro to this segment. <laughs> there are so many bits that could be... I mean, I need to select the Don't Make Me Count to Three again, to be fair, because that it's one It's gotta either be the bells or it gets the hose again, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> the bells, yeah, or maybe the bells. 
The bells are the bells are like the song starts with the bells, so it's just yeah. immediately funny. <laughs> it's like, oh fuck, Christmas ding, time. Ding 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 ding. Yeah. Ah, <laughs> uh, let's go to the last song. Literally, that's the name of the song. The last song. Yeah. the last thing that I write for long. That's a very overdramatic way to end an album. Okay, so. The song is just, alright, this is a closing track, and uh, they do have a string section in the background of this, which, keeping with the last track being the boss song, well, this is the credits theme, you've won. This is like fittingly generic in that this is like the big clothing song with the strings. I don't like it, but I get it. I get it. It's impossible not to get it. This is so didascalic. Like everything in this song is telling you this is the big song. This is the ending song. This is like this weeping big song. This is love's theme of the All-American Rejects. Yeah, and it is big. It is weeping. It's just not good. It accomplishes everything that it tries to do, while at the same time not accomplishing the, the task of being enjoyable in any way. <laughs> Which is the best that I can say about it. Okay, did you see the video for this? This is the one where they're just going through like the ghostly remains of Los Angeles. Okay, so... If you take that context, all of a sudden it recontextualizes a, hey... This is this is my last song for you, and you can't stop me. I'm leaving. Love to see you again, but you know I'm gone. Okay. If you take that in the context of them joyriding around, jackassing and stealing through the ruins of L.A., all of a sudden, it's these guys are literally the last men on Earth, and they can't get laid. And they're going to sing about it in the most bitter breakup way with the whole half of humanity that is gone. And then, and then, all of a sudden, in the middle of it, the strings now have visible players and they are all women in white virginal dresses because you can't touch a violin as a dude. That's gay. Yeah, no, that's ju- you, you just can't. Literally, a whole section of women just dressed up like they were Greek priestesses. I think one of them even has a flower crown, and they're all playing the strings very slowly. And then one of them gets arrested, and suddenly reality comes back, but that's still it. That's the end. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's the last song. The video is a real trip, I'll say that much. 
And I would have said, oh, yeah, it looks like there's a lot of backlot. But no, it looks like they really shut down some real streets for some wide shots. And uh, I bet there were unhappy people that day. <laughs> Imagine not being able to go to work because of all American rejects. That would be some uh, truly jokerifying shit. <laughs> Who is the worst possible band that could keep you from getting to work on time? Weaver. All right, we win. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that was an easy question. Yeah, that's fair. I don't think I could top that with anything unless we start getting into, like, Nazi shit. Yeah, but if it's Nazi shit, then you can, like, go and, like, uh, start a riot. And try that's to, true. Like, you cannot start a riot against Weezer. You're like, oh, crap. It's yeah, Weezer. no one has the energy to start a riot against Weezer. They're like the negaverse of bands. <laughs> In their presence, when they perform, it just sucks the soul out of people. final thoughts about this record this is weird this is i wish we had more fun weird things like because yeah it's very forgettable but when i go through each track it's like all right this is the time they decided to bring in the church bells this is where there are chimes this is the all drum machine extravaganza what happened here <laughs> yeah the production this is all over the place uh, i don't think any of this is good I don't think any... I mean, all of this is okay. Like, this is all serviceable pop with a weird, overproduced, like, tendency throughout it. I don't think that production works at any point, but it makes it memorable. And I don't think any of the pop melodies are anything aside from fine and forgettable. I will quote your alternate universe self. Elizabeth Bromstein of Now Magazine was the most negative towards the sound of the album, giving it one out of five stars. Quote, as if their horrifyingly overdone pop-punk thing weren't bad enough, the All-American Rejects seem intent on embodying their name. Every last song on this record deals with lost love and loneliness. Incorporating the odd classic rock or 80s pop element does not improve things, and in fact, makes it worse since it feels like they've crammed everything they know in here. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that is a good one. Just a brutal string of blasts. Same song, different chorus. So, this was the episode. You can, as always, find us on our great, fantastic website, getoutofthistown.com. You can mail us at getoutofthistownpodcast at gmail.com and you can add us on Twitter at ggottpodcast. 
We're on iTunes, we're on Spotify, we're on Google Play, we're on everywhere that you might find podcasts on. And if we're not us and if we're not somewhere, just tell us and we will be somewhere. That was a sentence that I said. If you're on iTunes, rate and review us. I don't know if there's new reviews. I haven't checked in a while, but if there if whenever you rate and review us, we will read your review on air. But that's good. And uh, next up is Esther71. And do you have anything to plug, Sibyl? You can find me at my website, hellscaper.com. And you can find me, as always, on Twitter, at ACCTheMoon. And, um, Sibyl, do you have a joke to finish this? We don't have a Patreon, but... We do not have a Patreon, but... We can start playing random things out of a MIDI synthesizer for you, and you could pretend that it was made just for you, instead of reading off your names. <laughs> yeah, that is meow, how I make meow, music meow, anyway. That's the church bell sequence with cats. <laughs> Bye. See ya. I've got the time to stick around I'll catch my flight like a pop pumpkin Get out of this town What's on your mind? There's no point left to keep your image down Let's terrify